This is Gary Box, and you are listening to From Nothing to Profit. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to have uh, our friend Gary Box here today on the podcast. And I have to tell you that I have known Gary probably from actually the very first photography conference I attended. Gary was there. I brought pictures of a high school senior doing ballet or dance or something in a sepia background, and we talked about it. He was speaking at it. And for some reason, Gary, you wore, you had some teeth, like some some uh, like mang- mangy, nasty teeth that you put on as a joke. Billy Bob and teeth. Billy Bob teeth, yeah. And so uh, so I have known, yeah, uh, over 20 years. And Gary, you have been such an amazing influence to the photography ind- industry as a whole. And then just, you know, seeing what you do as a photographer over the years with high school senior photography and then sharing how much you've shared. So I'm super excited to have you on here today because I think you're a great example of creating profit in the photography industry over all kinds of changes. And so I think you have a lot to add to us today. Thank you, Kai. I'm really glad to be here. I have been in the industry for quite a while. I'm starting my 30th year professional, full-time. And, you know, I've run the gamut of things. I've gone from high volume. We were doing 1,100 sessions a year at one point with nine employees uh, to medium volume and mid-priced. And, you know, now I'm doing a lower volume and a higher price. So I've kind of got a little bit of uh, experience with, with all three business models. That's awesome. So here, Gary, here's how I know you. So years and years ago, I was in the pro form and you were really active in that. And, uh, I didn't really know you at the time. And I, it's interesting. We've gone circles around each other and we don't really know each other that well, uh, even today. And then I kind of lost track of you. And then about a year ago, someone was like, you need to be in Gary Box's Facebook group. And I was like, okay. So I just was like request and you approve me. And it is like the best. I, and I've said this before, not when you were here, I said this on a previous podcast. It is the best Facebook group for photographers by far. Well, thank you. I've, yeah. I've put a lot of time into it. And, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do is keep out some of the negativity and, and bad attitudes so that, you know, the creatives can, can thrive in that environment. And I try to mix uh, both business and uh, artistic elements, both of them into that group. That's awesome. Um, okay. So yeah, so I don't, so tell me where you're located. Cause I don't even know where your studio is. Okay. My studio is right on route 66 highway in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. That's just a little ways outside of Tulsa, kind of, um, really a blue collar town. Most of my business comes in from other areas and, uh, it's just a great place to be. We have really low cost of living and great friendly people here. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to jump into the first question and cause you kind of already talked about your expertise and I mean, I think 30 years speaks for itself. So we'll just jump into like kind of what you think is working now. So, you know, tell us a story of what you think is working in your business or what you think is working in the industry right now. Well, one of the things that I've always stood by is there has been a lot of change in our industry and, and I've watched and I've gone through it. I was one of the early pioneers in the digital world and helped a lot of people make that transition As the digital world has come down in cost, obviously the market has become flooded 
and there's been so many people out there teaching and so much. But one of the things that I see is something that's lacking now in today's teaching are just core fundamentals, you know, just basic lighting fundamentals. And honestly, that's, that's how I have, how I've done my photography for years. I try to be current and up to date, but I still try to hold those fundamental things, you know, close to me, like, you know, simply where does the light go and, you know, good exposure and things like that. And I think that's something that's really missing in our industry right now is people teaching good, wholesome fundamentals. They all want to know the cool stuff, but not something as basic as where does the light go? Well, yeah. And sometimes I think they want to fix something with a pre for the preset instead of just lighting it correctly at the beginning, you know? Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been seeing some uh, just like editors on Instagram and they're just absolutely beautiful images, but what they start with could have been so much better if they just would have done the work in camera. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah. And you definitely uh, can teach lighting. I saw on your uh, Facebook group the other day, your video of your uh, all your equipment, your equipment hallway with all of it. I, I don't know how many like tripods and light stands you had. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Gary knows his stuff. Definitely, you know your stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I have a large studio. It's about 6,000 square feet. I've got several shooting areas, and, and I like to work real efficiently. So I just keep equipment set up in all these different areas. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. People should definitely go to your Facebook group and watch some of the videos of your, uh, latest, the latest ones were your hacks, uh, inside the box hacks. And I thought that was really fun to see. I had so, a lot of fun uh, with that. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like it. So, uh, what is the one thing that you are most fired up about in our industry? Like whether you're excited about it, whether you're worried about it, just, you know, what, what are you thinking about these days? Well, for me personally, one of the things that really excites me is as I've slowed down in volume, I am finding more time to to be creative and and to uh, you know to flex my creative wings and do stuff that's different and no pun intended out of the box. And I'm really really enjoying that. For years, I was just so focused on making money, making money, and I and I did that well, but I didn't really get to enjoy what I do well enough. So that's more my personal view than industry-wide. Industry-wide, I mean, we continue to see technology changes that makes it easier for us to do our jobs really well. And that is just incredibly exciting. Uh, new lighting, um, you know, the, the high-speed sync and all the things that are available now are just absolutely incredible tools for us to use. Because Gary, here's my question for you. Like when you started photography, were you still like lighting a match for the flash and it was like a flash bomb? Was that quite that far back? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, but a funny thing about lighting is, you know, whenever I was 19 years old, um, that was what, uh, maybe 20 years ago? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Um, I actually bought a set of Novatron lights uh, at the camera store in Tulsa. I financed them. It was $1,000 for a Novatron pack and three heads. And and that was my start into lighting whenever I was 19 years old. Did you know I still use that Novatron set every single day? It's the hair light over my main shooting area. That's awesome. Yeah, like some like some stuff just never dies. You know what I mean? Like when it's built built well, it just will last forever. Yeah, I think it's been repaired twice, but I mean, it just keeps going. So, okay, not joking about the numbers. That thing has been in use for uh, 35 years. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a good use of your money. <laughs> yeah, right. I, think, I think I broke even on that. 
Well, yeah, yeah like well, yeah, sure. when you're when you're 19 and you spend a thousand dollars, like that's a big deal, and so you got to make sure you get your your money's worth for sure. So, absolutely. Um, okay, so let, let's. I mean, this is going fast, which is good, but let's let's jump into lightning round. We can definitely take some more time. You know, lightning round implies that they're fast answer, but we can definitely take some more time. So, when you were first becoming like a full time photographer, what do you think was holding you back from becoming a full time photographer, or did you just like kind of jump into it? And well, that was kind of back in the Stone Age. Um, but you know, one of the things at that point in my life, as I was still young, I was uh, starting a young family, and you know, income was it. So whenever I opened my studio, I was actually working for a camera store and I spent three days a week working in the camera store, three days a week working in the studio and five nights a week in the darkroom printing for people. So that's how I got my start. And that helped me transition the earning gap between leaving a comfortable full-time job and being uh, solely dependent upon my photography. So I was able to, over the period of about nine months, kind of ease my way into it. And I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people is how do they make that change? How do they walk away from knowing they're going to have that paycheck every two weeks to, oh my God, I hope I book something so I make some money today. And I think that's probably one of the greatest challenges. Yeah. Did you always know you were wanted to be a photographer, like out of high school and that type of thing? Oh, God, no. Uh, I changed my mind like four times while I was going to college and photography wasn't even one of them. I ended up studying marketing and uh, photography was a hobby. I got started in high school and I actually had thought, you know, hey, it'd be great to work for an ad agency because I'm creative and I can do some photography and all this. And um, what happened was um, I was working in the camera store and the studio that had been in my town for 22 years, the old guy decided to shut down and retire. And it's like, wow, okay, there's opportunity staring me in the face. So it was perceived as I bought out his studio, but I really didn't. He shut down and moved out and I basically went in and leased the space the next day. And ah. took over his space. So I didn't the percep- know the story. Yeah, the perception was that I bought out. It was. Uh, it was his name was Ray Sledge, like sledgehammer, and um, he had was was retiring and getting out, and that's how I got my start. Is I just jumped in and took over the space and started. In fact, the funny thing is, initially people would come in and they would sometimes write me a check and make it out to Sledge Photography. That's where they had used to be going, and. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, and the, the bank, bank always was took fine them. With that. Yeah, yeah, the bank <laughs> took them. No big deal. <laughs> That's really That's interesting. Fun. Okay, so if you had a thousand dollars right now, what would you buy that's photo related? Oh, that's kind of hard for me because I'm one of those people that whenever I see something, I just run out and buy it not uh, without delay. So, <laughs> which is why I have so much equipment. So I'm trying so to let, think. Let, if let me, let me word it this way. Like if you were okay. giving advice to a, somebody new into photography and you, they, they had a thousand dollars, what would you tell, where would you tell them to put their money? I think I would tell them to go with education. Uh, a really good comprehensive education plan. Uh, And I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, if you're looking for just a piece of gear. Um, You know, education is it, you know, and take a comprehensive education, you know, sign up for a a Texas school class or, you know, one of my in-studio workshops or something. When you go to short programs, you get little bits and pieces. But when you go to a comprehensive uh, program like like a Texas school class, whether it's mine or one of the other 42 amazing instructors there, you're going to find that you're going to get all these little pieces 
but you're also going to get how these pieces work together. And that's really essential because if you take a piece from me, a piece from you, a piece from Kaya, you know, they might not all fit together and mesh perfectly well. So, you know, how I sell albums is directly related to how I shoot for albums. And that's the importance of a comprehensive education from, from a great instructor. Yeah. Cause sometimes it's about, it's about the nuances, right? Like, like you said, like I'm able to do albums this way because of all these things behind the scenes. Absolutely. All those pieces have to work together like a puzzle. And so the Texas school you're referring to is the Professional Photographers of America's school in Texas. That's a week long. And so the instructors there are really there to teach something that uh, the whole uh, gamut of whatever their subject is. So you learn a lot in that type of a situation or in a workshop in someone's studio. You really do. Texas School is the Texas School of Professional Photography. It is by far the largest affiliated PPA school, and you can find them at texasschool.org online. Um, They just opened registration that's coming up um, the end of March and beginning of April. And you'll find classes there from, you know, pure artistic, how you do painting and Photoshop to pure business to uh, sports program. And my, my particular program encompasses a full range. I talk about marketing and pricing and sales. I talk about photography, lighting and posing backgrounds and locations. I talk about uh, efficient workflow so you can get it done and get home to your families faster. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. And it's cool that like Texas schools format is so long because it's not like you get, you know, we're going to give Gary 30 minutes on stage to try to tell you about his whole business and 30 years career, you know, and, and then you're done. Like you actually get time to like sit with people and really work with them, which is awesome. That's right. It's like reading the complete novel instead of the cliff notes. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Okay. So you've got a thousand dollars. Number one, you would buy, you would do some sort of comprehensive education. If you weren't doing education, like what's, what's the piece of equipment that you think is like the, the best new thing out there that's really like you're excited about whether you have it or whether, whether you would want to buy it? Well, one of the things I've been fired up about the past couple of years is the, I'm a big fan of the Godox lighting. They have brought Mm -hmm. really high performance lighting down to an incredibly affordable price and it just does an amazing job. And so, you know, that's one of the places that I tell people, there's a lot of people that are so weak on lighting. And so light investing in that lighting and learning the difference, getting out of that I'm a natural light photographer uh, mode because you don't understand lighting, you know, learn it and let it separate you from the masses of people out there with just point and shoot cameras. Well, I think natural light, what's funny about natural light photography is when I started doing natural light photography, most people only did flash and they didn't, couldn't really even see the light. And so I really think if you have, like you said, both sides of it, you know, both understanding how to work a flash, how to create the light that you want and how to see it and get it, then you're going to be a fully rounded photographer too. Absolutely. I, you know, I pride myself on being able to light and handle pretty much anything that throws my way. Mm -hmm. Studio lighting, lighting up a whole cathedral. I have lit up football stadiums at night. Just anything you throw at me, you know, I can handle it. With your personality alone, right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So here's the next question. So if you had a, so if you had a thousand dollars, what is the one thing that you wouldn't spend it on in the industry? Like, 
you know, it doesn't have to be a particular thing, but I mean, you know, would you not, you know, buy a 19th lens or would you, or what would you do? You know, you know, I wouldn't spend it on actions and presets and things like that. I think that that's a huge weakness and people use it as a crutch. And, you know, if you, uh, if you learn to develop your own style, it, it's funny how many new people say, oh, well, that's my style. That's not a style. It's a set of Lightroom presets that you bought for $89. That's, that's not a style. I, I think that those things can begin to hold you back and limit you creatively and technically both. So I steer clear of all that. You know, I'm constantly asked, what kind of presets do you use? None, not, not one, nothing. Right. So, and, but you, but you edit like in Lightroom and just use the sliders and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a capture one fan. I okay, think okay, it perfect. produces better uh, skin tones, but yeah. So, you know, I shoot everything in raw, try to get it as close as I can take it into capture one and, you know, I might tweak exposure or color balance or something a little bit. And then I output them. My goal is to really spend as little time in post-production as possible because while many photographers are sitting there in front, staring at a monitor, I'm already done and starting a new session and making more money. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the Lightroom preset thing is they're trying to accomplish the same thing that you're doing, right? They're trying to just click one button and get out of there, but it doesn't necessarily like do exact, you know, it doesn't, like you said, doesn't create a style like you really want. So no, it's too well, homogenized. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's not real. Yeah. And that's so interesting that you say that it's not real because I think a lot of people think that doing that makes it look more real, but I could literally name the Instagram accounts that they come from, you know, who's what look that that particular thing originated from, you know, whether it's all orange or whether it's super moody or that type of a thing. I think what is interesting about that, Gary, is that I think they're like doing certain looks is, is really trendy and people are going to like it, but I think it's, it is really trendy. And so long-term, you know, in a 30 year photography career, not making your images have so such a you know such a homogenous one note look is better for longevity too. Yes, we've all looked back at some of the things we did in the past and thought, "Oh my god, what was I thinking?" And <laughs> <laughs> I I know I have, you know, mm-hmm. you know, hairstyles, how we dress and our photography as well. What was I thinking? But, you know, I, I think that a lot of the current things that people are doing right now are going to fall right back into that. In a few years, they're going to be going, oh my God, what what was I doing? What was I thinking? Yeah. Well, interesting, yeah. interesting thing about presets as well is like somebody will click a preset and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's like a really washed out, like really muted look. Right. And I think you implied this and um, is that not every lighting situation you're going to be in will that preset allow you to be allow, allow you to use that preset, right? Because you can't every situation just can't be like kind of washed out and muted down. You know, there's certain so so that, so then you're hold yeah so then you're holding yourself back technically because you're like oh I can't shoot this situation like this even though you should because my preset or my my style or my brand is not going to allow me allow it to work. You know. Yeah. The really funny thing about many of those actions is, you know, I've tried them, uh, a, a variety of them, and if you run them on a properly exposed, good colored image, 
they really do a horrible job. It looks, it doesn't, it doesn't work at all. You've got to start with something that you underexposed by a stop and a half and was ridiculously cool in color. And then it, you know, makes it quite not so bad. But if you start with a good image, none of those things are going to help it at all. Right. Because it already stands on its own. Right. Okay. Okay. Next question. Uh, Gary, what is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, There are a few, and most of them stem from the very beginning. Um, One of my mentors, whenever I was first getting started, children's photographer by the name of Les Peterson out of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, really helped give me a lot of guidance. And something he told me at the very beginning was, it's always better to apologize for price than to apologize for quality. And I think that's incredibly powerful. And that has stuck with me for 30 years now. Well, over 30 years, because that was before I went full time. And I think it's some of the best advice I ever got. It's always better to apologize for price than to apologize for quality. And that just, that, that absolutely rings true to everything that I do. Another thing that's been hanging over my desk is a quote for 28 years. About my second year in business, I was at Professional Photographers of the Ozarks in Springfield, Missouri, and Gary Fong was giving a program. Gary said something that I wrote down, and it impacted me so heavily, I typed it out and hung it over my desk when I got back to the studio. And that quote was, learn the basics as a foundation, then discard them for more passionate expression. And I absolutely love what that means. And, and, and I reflect that in my teaching today. Learn your foundational basics, and then you can start breaking those rules for a creative reason. One of my sayings is, if we break a rule for a creative reason, that's where art comes from. If we break a rule out of ignorance, that's where crap comes from. <laughs> that's funny i was waiting to see what you were gonna say that's where crap comes from. you never Very know good. what i'm gonna say do you kaya <laughs> so those that's are so two true. of my favorite yeah yeah that's so true because you know when and i think a lot of times when you're an artist uh i i know i felt this when i very first started out i was I was like, well, I have to be so creative. I have to do all these different things. And um, my mom, who was teaching me at the time, she taught me how to paint, but she also taught me photography. She was like, first, you have to copy people. You know, the masters copied people or, you know, they, they had their, they, they copied who they were learning from and then they uh, took what they learned and created. And so I think that there is a time and a place to do the basics, to copy, to do the same thing so that you, you know, you have the tools and skills to be creative later. Great advice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that is good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little, 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 we can like Kaya pat herself on the back here for the next couple minutes if we want. That was not my advice. It was Gary's <laughs> advice. I was just re-saying it. <laughs> well, and you know, along those lines, Kaya, if you look at the early works of of people like Picasso, you know, yeah. his early works was more traditional, standard, and everything like that, and he learned how to shade and show light and things doing the classic style, and then once yeah. he had mastered that, he went off on a totally different direction. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, in our society, there's so, so much that we like celebrate early, like early genius, you know, like, oh, there's only 16 and they're doing this or they're only 20. And it's so much about youth and 
you know, doing, you know, youth and being some sort of artist at the same time. And I, I don't think that that is as a natural progression. That doesn't mean you can't be artistic when you're younger, but I do think like you're saying, those presets are covering up with just a lack of knowledge a lot of times. And I don't think that they would prefer to do all that work to get the good image when you could actually just have the good image in the first place. You're exactly right. And, you know, something that I've said many times about myself and my own work is I'm far from the best photographer out there. There are so many people whose work I look at and my jaw just hangs open. Wow, that is amazing. I will never, ever achieve that level of some of those artists. But the one thing about myself is I'm phenomenally consistent. I'm not up and down and all over the place. It's just very, very consistent, good, clean, sellable work. That's what I'm after. Yeah. And that was our next question, actually. One of your personal habits that contributes to your success, which you've just said consistency is one of them, which I think is is a key to success over a long period of time, definitely. But do you have any other personal habits that you would say really contribute to success? Oh, I probably have more personal habits that that don't don't (laughs) lead to success, you know, all those bad habits, but we're not here to talk about those. We're going to deny those today. Um, (laughs) I tend to be um, incredibly, incredibly hardworking. And that is probably too much. So I'm a recovering workaholic. Uh, You know, I spent years, you know, whenever I'd been in the business at about 20 years or so, I spent 20 years working almost 80 hours a week. So I kind of scratch my head and say, isn't that really 40 years of experience? Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, uh, I'm incredibly hardworking. And, and, and honestly, I'm very hard on my work, too. Someone might see some of my images and say, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I'm picking it to pieces. So I'm constantly pushing to grow creatively, to, to grow technically, to, to, to know everything I possibly can and, and work hard at it. I've said many times, I know a lot, but I don't know it all. And I'm not going to be satisfied until I do. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, so here's here's a way I would summarize it. If I was telling somebody about you, Gary, because like I said, I don't I don't know you very well. I mean, we've ran in circles for ten years together now. But if I were to say like, "Hey, what's the formula to, to get to thirty years in business like you have?" I would think just by talking to you and knowing a little bit about you, it's hard work and then just being humble. You know, like I think you're one of the most humble photographers ever. I mean you have way more experience and way more knowledge than some of these rock star photographers, but man, you were so humble and it's so refreshing to be around somebody like you. Are you saying Gary is not a rock star? Come on now. He's a rock star, but he doesn't, he doesn't come on stage and like fireworks go off. He's like, he's like, he's like, here's the image I tried to create earlier. And I don't even know if I like it, but you know, you know, like he's like just humble about it. Like this is, this is where I'm at in my journey. And that's really awesome. You know, yeah. I went through that phase, you know, back in the early days of digital, I was I was speaking all over the place. I had written a lot of books. I had studios around the country hiring me to to come in and help them convert to digital and, you know, and 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 I'm not afraid to say, you know, I got a little bit of a big head at that point, but you know, I've I've grown past that and my my focus now and one of the things that I really love is is helping others achieve you know, some of the success that I have, the absolute greatest part of teaching is when one of your students sends you a photograph of the new Harley that they bought with the increase of business this past year since your workshop or the new house that they've been able to make a down payment on and get into. That is the best 
best part of teaching is hearing those success stories from your own students. People that have gone from a $700 average to a $1,700 average after taking my class. That, that just makes me feel great to know that I have helped enrich somebody else that much. That's awesome. Um, okay, so next question is um, an internet resource that you would recommend to people. We've already plugged your Facebook group, which is one of the best, and we'll put the we'll put a link in the show notes to that. But any other internet resources you use um, to keep you fresh or? Well, uh, my Facebook group, Inside the Box Photo Group, is certainly one of them. I don't do too much on the internet, and, and you know, I probably do more uh, books right now than anything. But I'm constantly looking to feed myself. I I see a new technique, and I've got to study it. Whether it's from a an article on the internet, or a book, or a YouTube video, or whatever, you know, watching phenomenal artists like Richard Sturdivant or Ben Shirk, you know, I just I shake my head at bewilderment at what comes out of those guys. And, and, and I love watching them and, and growing and taking up pieces and bits and pieces of it. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, I mentioned, uh, going to, you know, taking a class. I'm also a big fan of taking classes myself. I try to take at least two workshops a year from somebody else, as well as if you see me at PPA imaging, my butt will be in a chair with my iPad taking notes. I'm, I'm looking to grow. I want to grow. Really? So what classes have you gone to recently that you have enjoyed or learned a lot from? Uh, this year, I took two classes. I took uh, Ann Mosher McCabe did a video class, and I uh-huh. took that, got a lot of new techniques in video. I, I think video is, is part of our future, but I'm really interested in video more as a marketing tool than a product to sell to students. Um, mm-hmm. So I really wanted to learn a little bit more about, um, about video. And um, then I took a class with Heather Beatles and Jeremy Rideout, uh, a PPA one day this year about uh, catering to the high end client and got a lot out of that as well. So in addition to just short programs, those are two actual workshops that I took this year that I found really, really growing. That's, That's awesome. great. Okay. And then books. You said you are a book person. So any any specific books that you would recommend? You know, I used to not I used to have a problem reading books because I'm always on the go. I'm a little bit ADD and I'm go, 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 go. One of the <laughs> smartest things I did a couple of years ago was I bought a subscription to Audible. And so now I get my books on tape and I can listen to them while I'm mowing the yard or while I'm driving down the road or, or anything like that. So if you're a busy person and you find it hard to sit and read, get a subscription to Audible. It's not that much money. It's, a, it's an incredible tool that you can feed yourself with. The book I just... I just listened to, and I'm actually listening to it a second time because I was so impressed with it and I want to sink more of it in, is the story brand by Donald Miller. And Mm. it's Mm -hmm. a phenomenal book. If If you've read it, you know exactly what I mean. If you haven't read it, read it or listen to it on tape or something like that. It is a phenomenal book. And so uh, that's my most recent love right there. You know, Seth Godwin and a lot of other marketing people produce uh, great audio books. And so I'm all about audio, Audible now. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah. You know, Matt and I both went to uh, Donald Miller's StoryBrand conference 
too. Oh, that it would was be awesome. Amazing. Yeah, I know. Was, we'll have to talk about it more. It was yeah, really good stuff. It was really good. And then and then it was weird. Like I follow I like followed him around. I felt like a roadie. I followed him around um <laughs> for like the next year, like not on purpose, but I was going to a lot of conferences like two years ago and he was speaking at like all the com- all the marketing conferences I was going to. And so like every chance I got, I would pull him away and like ask him additional questions. And it was like it was huge for our business and just for me. Uh, as a marketer to get my head wrapped around his ideas because they're so smart. I totally get that. Like I said, I listened to the book and I'm like, oh my God, I've I, I've got to listen to this again. I've got to soak more of it in and and catch more of it. And so uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of his as well. That's awesome. Okay. So that's kind of where we want to leave it, but um definitely give us some parting advice, you know, to, to photographers out there as well. And then also let them know the best way to connect with you. My parting advice is just never, ever stop growing. You know, I've been in this industry 30 years and, and I'm still growing and I'm still learning and I'm still developing. And and I see some of the photographers, you know, your old timers, there are some that think that they know it all and they won't sit in any classes and things like that. And then you find others that are still going to classes and still trying to learn. I want to continue learning as long as I can. So my, my advice to everyone is keep growing, never, ever stop growing. And, you know, the best way to connect to me is probably through my Facebook group. I'm very active there. Whenever I'm sitting at my workstation, it's always on right on my laptop and I, I stop retouching and I'll make a comment and I go back to retouching and then I'll go make a comment and stuff like that. So people ask, how do you do it all? And it's like, well, I'm usually doing two things at once is how. So anyway, uh, that's my best way to get a hold of me and uh, learn from me is uh, start there. And then I do offer, you know, in-studio workshops and, and things like that. If people want to grow, I've still got a few openings in my Texas school 2019 class coming up. Um, yeah. I've sold out the past two years, but I have not yet sold out right now. I think there's four or five spots left in it. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll link, we'll link that below in the show notes as well. So people can check that out as well. Cause I've, I've never been to Texas school, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. So maybe it's incredible. Maybe I need to put it on my 2020 list. Gary, thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun to talk to you. Absolutely. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, like I say, I, I, I love the opportunity to share. Cool. All right. Well, Gary, here's the deal. We'll go get a Mountain Dew together next time we're at the same conference together. And because um, we, we can't go another 10 years without actually sitting down and having a good conversation. So, but thank you so much. That for being sounds on great. Here. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks guys. Um, we will. So yeah, I'm just awkwardly trying to let the audience go right now. So we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week with another guest until then have a good one guys. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.